Those who are the happiest are those who do the most for others. Booker T. Washington. Welcome to Retirement Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I am your host, Freeman Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. Today, we talk about the fourth dimension. Fourth dimension of what? The fourth dimension of retirement income, of course. It's coming up on the Retirement Mentorship Podcast. First, the two-min tune-in, primary points of the podcast, in about two minutes. First, we will review three-dimensional retirement income, and the three dimensions of that, duration, direction, and deviation. Then we will look at the fourth dimension, which is what exactly? Well, donation, income that impacts others beyond you. We'll unpack why this aspect of good retirement income is so impactful both for you and for others. And we'll do that in two ways. One, with purpose-driven gifting. Finding ways to give to things that mean a lot to you and to others and that really amp up your enjoyment of retirement and your fulfillment therein. And second, with multi-generational wealth. It's your money, it's your retirement, it's your income, and you get to decide where it goes. If you want to leave as much of that to others as you want, it can be a beautiful way to leave a legacy beyond you and to create a bigger impact beyond even your lifetime. Let's look at the fourth dimension, donation. The fourth dimension, donation. We've talked a couple of times on here about three-dimensional retirement income. That's what I call effective retirement income. This concept is so important that we covered it in episode number two. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and do so. It's on the principal problem, which of course is the belief, my belief, backed up by a lot of research, that the problem in retirement is not trying to protect your retirement principal, but rather to turn that principal into an effective income. And if we're trying to do good retirement plan, we need that income to do three things, to have three dimensions. That's why we call it three-dimensional retirement income. I'm not going to go into it a whole bunch here because we've done so other places. And I'll even have a link in the description of this podcast episode to link out to a whole webinar we did on as well. So check that out if you want a more in-depth view on what three-dimensional retirement income is. But... As a quick recap, the three dimensions are, number one, duration, income that lasts longer than you do. And that's key, right? We don't want our income running out before we do. We don't want the people to outlive the money. And we don't want to be sliding in to home base without a dollar in the bank, right? There's this old joke where when you die, you want to write two checks, one to the undertaker and one to the tax man, and you want both of them to bounce. And that's one way to try to do it, except for if you live too long and then you actually run out. And so we don't want our income to run out before we do. We want our income to last longer than us. Not even as long, but longer. And so that's the first dimension. The second dimension is direction, income that rises faster than the cost of living. And this is key, right? An income that we have that is guaranteed at a certain rate from the time we retire to the time we die, is in effect losing value. It's going down because the cost of everything else is going up. And so we need that income to go up faster 
than that cost of living. So you can always afford what you want and what you need to be able to spend money on. And so this is a must with your retirement income. And then the third dimension is deviation, income that flexes with your variable expenses. Life is not linear. It does not follow specific patterns. It rhymes. A lot of things repeat themselves in general, but it is not in some way that can be specifically timed or measured. And life tends to hit you with multiple things all at once. When it rains, it pours. And sometimes on the good side, right? When it's sunny, there's also a cool breeze. And so you need an income that flexes with those things that roll with the the punches of the market. Right? We might illustrate things with long-term rates of returns that are projected forward, but while we usually have to project them forward in a straight-line fashion, right? if, if returns on equities have averaged 10%, we can project those forward at 10%, but they're not going to do 10% each year. It's going to go up 20 and then down 14 and then up 35 and all over the place. And so you need an income that can flex with those market volatility. Also, life throws monkey wrenches at you. You get, you know, have years and years of being healthy, and then you get a massive health emergency, and it racks up tons of hospital bills, and having an income that can absorb those without throwing off the rest of your retirement is key. And so we can't have all of our income wrapped up in annuities and in pensions and things that don't deviate, that can't flex. We need to have that deviation. So again, the three dimensions, duration, direction, deviation income that lasts longer than you, income that rises faster than the cost of living, and income that flexes with your variable expenses. Again, it's in episode two, or uh, view the link in the episode description to view a webinar that we did on this that will go over it in 30 minutes instead of five. Uh, Very important. If you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to do that. So today, though, we're looking at the fourth dimension. How do we take this even further? And so if those were the three dimensions, the fourth dimension is this, donation, income that impacts others beyond you. We say that again, donation, income that impacts others beyond you. And that's why we chose the quote for today, right? Those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. And other people have said that the greatest fun you can have with your money is to give it away. And I promise you, if you have not experienced the joy of giving money away to other people, to causes you care about, to people you care about, then you have not truly lived. Uh, not saying this to brag, but giving has always been a part of our lives, even uh, from when we were in college. And I can tell you personally that it is something that brings quite a bit of fulfillment and happiness to our lives, to be able to make an impact in others. And I've seen it over and over again with my clients that being able to give not because you have to, right? If, if you have to, to give your money to something, then you're not giving it. If, if they deserve it, then it's, it's wages, right? People earn wages. You give gifts. And that's the whole point. So don't let anybody ever tell you that you have to or that you need to give back because somehow you owe it to people. That's something else. If someone has given you something and you need to give it back, uh, that's, that's something else entirely. I'm talking about just free will giving. Giving because it's an amazing thing to do and because it will bring fulfillment to your life and joy to others. That is what we're talking about today. 
And what I want to do is kind of talk about it in two different forms. At one, purpose-driven gifting, and two, multi-generational wealth. So let's look at the first one, uh, purpose-driven gifting. So the first part of this, of course, is to become passionate about something bigger than yourself. Become passionate about something bigger than yourself. And not that there's anything wrong. Again, it's it's your money. As long as you didn't do anything illegal or unethical and moral to get it, um, it's your money. And you can do whatever you want. And if all you want to do is spend it on entertainment and on food and, and things that you enjoy, vacations, whatever, you can do that. This is not a guilt trip. This is not a, a moral preaching at you to, to do something or to make you feel guilty into doing something. You have every right to spend your money how you want. And when you retire, if you are retired, you have every right to spend your retirement dollars on whatever you want to. That's not the point here. The point is that you will have more fulfillment if you become passionate about something bigger than yourself. You will actually be happier if you care about things other than yourself. There's more fun than eating out one more time a month or uh, going on one more vacation or buying a little bit fancier. There's just other things that you can do with your money that will actually bring you more joy than a lot of the entertainment and consumerism that we do spend our money. None of those things are bad. Again, not saying that. But there's something more. And when you find something that you are passionate about, that you really care about the cause or the impact that an organization or charity or person is having on other people, then that's when gifting becomes really fulfilling. Right? Maybe it is your church and you really love what they're doing and the impact that they're having on your community and the way that they're they're serving the unfortunate and they're uh, bringing people into a great relationship with God and, and community and you love that and you just want to see them be able to do more of that. When you really are behind that mission, giving to your church becomes a joy, not a guilt trip. Or perhaps there's some organization or charity that is really helping a underserved population or with education or with uh, employment opportunities or whatever it is, find something that you love. Find something that you can be passionate about. And one of the ways to do this is to just try things. Right? I've, I've mentioned this before, but where your money is, there your heart will be also, which means that if, if you really care about things, you will put money towards them. If you really care about your church, if you really care about this organization or this cause, don't just rant about it on Facebook. Give money to it, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But if you're trying to make your heart go somewhere, if, if you want to care more about things, if you're like, hey, I want that, I want more fulfillment, I've done the consumerism, I've spent money on myself, it is fun in the moment, but I don't get a lot out of it in the long run, and, and you want to figure out what that passion could be, one of the ways is to just try things, to go out, to, to give to organizations, to become involved, to spend your time and your money with different organizations until you find the one that clicks, until you see the impact that your dollars are giving and you're like, yes, I want to do more of that. I want to make more of that impact in these people's lives. And that is when your giving becomes more than just guilt giving, but really free will impact giving. 
And so that'd be the first step is again, become passionate about something bigger than yourself. And then the second piece would be to give strategically, right? To, to give more and, and to do it in certain ways where you can save taxes on it, right? And we don't do that. We don't, you know, we don't give to charity to save the taxes, right? You, you give strategically to give more, not to pay less in taxes, right? We don't, you don't do charitable gifting to get a tax write-off. We do it because we care because we're passionate about the impact. But if we can also save taxes so that we can give those taxes to the church or charity instead of to the government, that's a good thing. I think most of us, without thinking very hard at all, could name 10 organizations, charitable organizations, that we think would do a better job with our money than the government would. It doesn't matter what your political leaning is. Any of us could rattle off 10 organizations in a couple minutes that would do a better job with that money. And so instead of giving more money to the government and taxes, why not find ways to strategically give that money to charities instead? And so here's just a couple of ways. If you have any uh, appreciated stock, right, not not uh, not assets or, or securities that are inside retirement accounts, but just, you know, stocks or other appreciated assets that have grown in value since you bought them in non-retirement accounts, you can give those. So let's say that you, you know, you bought uh, $1,000 worth of a mutual fund and it is doubled. So it's now worth $2,000. Uh, if you just pull out the $2,000, you have to pay taxes on the $1,000 of gain. All right. You put in a thousand, it's now worth two. You have $1,000 of capital gain. And if it's been there for longer than a year, it's probably a 15% tax on that. So you'd owe 150 bucks on that stock. So you could pull that money out, pay 150 bucks. You have 1,850 left, and you could give 1,850 to your church or charity. Or, as long as they can take it, which most major organizations can, and even even small churches and stuff can usually take them, you can give the stock directly, and you can give all the stock you have, all 2,000 of it, and then you pay no taxes because you only pay the taxes if you sell it and realize the gain. But if you just donate the stock then you don't pay the taxes. So instead of giving 1850 you give the full 2000 Now, the organization can then sell the stock for 2000 but if they're 501c3, you know, tax-exempt, they don't pay taxes on it. If they're a qualified charity, they won't pay the taxes on the gain. And so it allows you to give more for the same, you know, increase your impact for the same net cost to you. Either way, you're still giving up $2,000 worth of stock, but in one scenario, they're getting the full 2000 and the other, they're only giving 1850 And so what happens with a lot of people is they have appreciated stock. They don't really have a, a, a use for it, a specific purpose, and they're giving charitably out of their income. And one strategy then would be, no, stop giving out of your income. Start giving your appreciated stock instead and putting the income towards something else. And then you're having a greater tax impact for those charities. Even if it was to the point of, hey, you know, instead of giving a, a you know five hundred bucks a month to my charity, I'm going to give five hundred dollars worth of appreciated stock and take that same five hundred dollars and just reinvest it to be able to give later. And so I'm always giving appreciated stock instead of cash as it comes in, and therefore always multiplying my gifts and multiplying my impact toward these charities or churches that I care about. So that's one way is to give appreciated stock or assets. 
The second way is with qualified charitable distributions. If you're over age 72, you have what are called required minimum distributions. So any money that you have to take out of your uh, IRAs instead of, you know, because you've had them for your whole life and now the government's like, hey, we, we want our taxes on these. You've been deferring them forever. Give us our taxes. We're going to force you to take a certain amount out every year based on the balance that you have in there and your age. So those are required minimum distributions. And what you can do, though, is after you reach that age, you can, instead of taking those directly, you can give them directly to a charity. And that's going to save a lot of taxes because if you're in a you know a 22% federal and a 6% state uh, tax bracket, then you're paying 28% on any IRA distributions you make. So again, right, you can pull out a thousand bucks, pay 280 in taxes, and then you have 720 left, and you would give $720 to your church or charity. Or you can take the full required minimum distribution and donate it directly from your IRA to the charity, and then you don't pay any taxes, and they get the full $1,000. You're increasing your gifting by giving what you would have given to tax directly to your charity. And we've seen this again, where we have people that have come to us in our, in our financial planning practice and, you know, they're, they're, they are faithful givers. They do love the impact they're making. They're given, you know, every month to their church or whatever, but they're giving that money out of their social security checks or just the regular income. And instead we'd say, well, Hey, stop, let's stop giving this money monthly through your social security instead let's give it quarterly or biannually or annually through your iras through rmds and then it's not just about again giving the same amount to your charities but keeping the tax of yourself you could but really the goal would be to give more for the same impact on you you're giving even more to these causes that you care about and so those are two ways, giving appreciated stock. And if you're over 72 or if, if you're not old enough, but your parents are over uh, age 72, then this would be a great thing to share with them as well so that they can start maximizing what they're giving to these causes that they're passionate about. And then the last thing we want to cover is multi-generational wealth. We mentioned this a little bit last time when we talked about lifetime capital gains, right? Whose lifetime are we talking about? Just yours or are we talking about the next generation's lifetime? And if, if you raise the kind of kids that you would be happy to give $10 million to, right? Or your kids are raising the kind of grandkids that would be a great steward, a great manager of resources, and they have passions that they care about, causes they care about, and they would do a good job managing. Again, a better job than the government, than giving more money to them when you pass is a way to multiply your impact over generations. And one of the benefits of three-dimensional retirement income and doing it correctly is that you're always living off the growth in your retirement, right? Not spending down principal. And so it allows you to always have something at the end to pass on to your children or charities, which is a great way to start multi-generational wealth. And if everyone's doing that same thing, you can start changing a family tree and a legacy to become one of generous giving over generations. And one thing to maybe even think about though too is to maybe enjoy some of that inheritance with them, right? If, if you already are on track to leaving them a lot of money and you want to, to 
enjoy more of that with them than maybe we we spend or we give some of that inheritance with them while they're still alive. So what are they passionate about? What are your kids and grandkids passionate about? How can you, along with them as a family experience, donate time or money to those causes and enjoy that fulfillment together? And here's the point, right? The point is don't forsake family time to build more money to leave to kids that you're not close to. That, that's not the point. We have, I know a lot of people who have given up a lot of good family time and a lot of intentionality with their kids and grandkids because they were trying to, to make more money and have bigger investments and leave them a bigger inheritance. And maybe that's okay, but I think many kids and many grandkids would rather have the time with their parents, with their grandparents, than to have a whole bunch of money when they're gone. And so don't forsake family time to build more money to leave to them. The key here is to invest better so that you can do both. Because I know a lot of people who have built up a lot of wealth and then they get close to or to retirement and they put it all in bonds and CDs and have very little equity exposure and I don't want to lose any of my principal and I don't really like the volatility. And so instead of of training myself or working with a planner or a behavioral coach or any sort of thing, instead of building my resistance to volatility, my resistance to making behavioral mistakes and leaning on other people, I'm just going to go conservative. And I'm just going to invest in these very low yielding investments that produce almost no growth, don't keep up with inflation, with rising costs. Uh, and maybe they just have so much money that's going to be okay Right, their income isn't rising faster than the cost of living, but they have so much of it that they can run it down and they'll still never run out. But that's such a waste. The impact that they could have by still just managing that correctly and by using a 3D retirement income model will allow them to have a much greater fourth dimension, a much greater ability to donate and to make an impact beyond themselves and all the fulfillment that comes with that. And so even if you have, quote unquote, unquote, enough money that you can invest in bonds and CDs and cash and and never run out of money, even if it's not growing faster than the rising cost of living, that's such a waste. Find something that you're passionate about. Find something that you want to leave more money to, whether it's your kids because they're such great kids and, and they would do such amazing things with that money that you want to leave it to them and create multi-generational wealth or whether it's charities and causes that are making an impact on things that you care about and you want to make a lasting impact even beyond yourself. Find those things and let that then be the motivation to maybe withstand a little bit more volatility, to invest a little bit more wisely and with a little bit better intent of growing multi-generational wealth, of increasing purpose-driven gifting, of developing a retirement income that impacts others beyond you. That's the fourth dimension, and I believe that is what will make many people much more fulfilled in their retirement. Again, if you have questions on the first three dimensions, duration, direction, deviation, view the webinar uh, and the link in this episode. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.
This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.